Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. Well, there was a phrase that was used a few generations ago. We don't hear it much anymore. That may be good. It may not be good. But there's a phrase that was used a few generations ago that said, children are meant to be seen and not heard. That phrase may have some connection to uh, ancient uh, Greek and Roman cultures where one of the terms for a child was not speaking. Often children weren't named until the eighth day. Now in Hebrew culture, biblical culture, that was because of circumcision. And they would name the child uh, that eighth day when they circumcised the child. But in other cultures, also many times children weren't named for a while. And that was because they did not fully expect that the child would live. Just because of, of the way things were with sickness and, and disease and that kind of thing. Um, so often children weren't given a name early on in their life. Uh, because of, again, just the way culture and social distinctions were very rigid between what was considered civilized and what was considered barbarian between men and women, slave and free. Uh, children were usually at the bottom of the social ladder. Um, and in many cultures, exposure, uh, putting a child out and just letting them die in the elements, that's called exposure. Exposure was a pretty common practice in most cultures. If a, if a child was born sickly or deformed in some way, illegitimate, often female, uh, it was not considered illegal and it was not considered immoral to just expose the child and let the, leave the child to die. Often that happened in the city dump is where children would be left. In some cases, they were picked up and raised so that they could be sold into slavery. But today, if a child is abandoned, that's big news. And very often, if a child is left today, a child will be left with a government agency or with an orphanage or even on the doorsteps of a church building. And as we're going to see, that's because of the impact of Jesus. Because in the world that Jesus entered, again, children were at the bottom of the social ladder. And it doesn't it make it then all the more interesting, fascinating, impactful that Jesus chose, as Philippians chapter 2 said, humble himself to not grasp equality with God. But to come into the world, and he chose to do it as a baby. And honestly, in the eyes of the people who knew Joseph and Mary, as an illegitimate baby. So it's something that we now cherish, and we celebrate, that Jesus came into the world as an innocent babe. But that made no earthly sense. And that's one of the ways that he impacted children. He impacted children by coming as a child. He impacted children by growing up as a child. And he began to turn the world upside down 
by what he said and did concerning children. And again, as Americans in the 21st century, I don't think we can even begin to understand the truly revolutionary words of Jesus when he said things like Matthew chapter 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to him and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, we know Jesus' words there, but I want to tell you, nobody talks like that. People don't say those kinds of things. Even today, outside of Jesus, people don't really talk that way. If I were in a seminar on business and on what it was going to take to be a really great businessman, a professor would not bring up a child and say, if you want to be a great businessman, you you need to become like one of these children. If I were in the military and I was at the Air Force and and I was being taught on what it was going to take to be a, a, a great warrior, an officer would not bring up a child and say, if you want to be great in the American military, you need to be like this child. But that's exactly what Jesus did. And he was surrounded by a group of people who I know because I would have been like this. I would have been hoping he'd call on me as the example. Pick me. I want to be the example of what it really means to be great in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus looked past every one of them. And he called a little child. And he brought him in. He said, this is what you need to be like. If you're going to be great. And we treat children differently because Jesus said that. But we keep going in verse 5 there. He says, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. We saw this with, with how Jesus has impacted the sick. Do you hear what Jesus is doing there? He's not just saying bless children. He's, he's, he's equating what we do to children with what we do to him. He's setting the bar, bar higher for how we care for those who are smaller than us. Who are weaker than us. Who are at our mercy. And he's saying what you do to them, you're doing it to me. And it's had an impact on children ever since. And then he raises the bar even higher there in verse 6. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. And if you take Jesus seriously, you're going to really pay attention to the way that you treat the little children around you. And there's more in verse 10. See that you don't despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. And so Jesus is letting us know that children are so significant that they have an angel in heaven who's in the very presence of God. Who's watching over them. Because see the gods of the cultures weren't concerned about children. In fact, some of the gods were worshipped by sacrificing children. The gods weren't weren't concerned about children. The gods were concerned with great men and powerful men and successful men. But the one and true God was and is 
concerned about the weaker and the poorer and the less fortunate and those who are at the mercy of others. And he's concerned about children. And he's had an impact on them and on the way that we treat them. You know, the law that was given to the people in the Old Testament was a real blessing. There's a reason they talk about loving the law. Because in most cultures, you really didn't know what you were supposed to do to appease the gods. But God gave a law. And God said, this is how I want you to worship me. And this is when I want you to do it. And this is what I want you to do. And this is what I'm going to do in return. And so that was a blessing to receive that law from God. And in that law, one thing that really stands out is again, how much God cares for what the Bible consistently calls the fatherless, the children, the orphans. The psalmist writes about it. And he says, sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a defender of widows. He is God in his holy dwelling. This is the kind of this is the way that Jesus talked when he was here and it began to have an impact. But even with those who were right around him and like us, sometimes the impact is is slow in sinking in. It took a while for the disciples to get it. In Luke chapter 18, people are bringing their babies to Jesus. They're bringing their babies to be blessed by Jesus. And the disciples are trying to, to shoo them away. And Jesus called the children to him. And he said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus loved children, and it's obvious that children loved Jesus. John Ortberg, who wrote a book that this series is being drawn from, John Ortberg said that children had a kingdom long before Disney. Again, that impact of Jesus' words and his actions affected the people who followed him. And James, his brother and his follower, wrote to the churches, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. The ancient world was full of orphans and abandoned children. And it was the followers of Jesus who banded together to begin to take care of them. And the impact of the followers of Jesus on the culture around them by the 4th century was strong enough that the Roman emperor banned that practice of exposure. And for the first time made it illegal to expose a child and leave that child to die. And so what people did is they began to leave their children on the doorsteps of churches. And so what churches did is they began to build orphanages and places that would take these children in and care for them and teach them about Jesus. And through the ages, it's always been the church who's led the way in caring for children. Today, our government has taken on that role. In some ways, we've kind of given that role up. But there's any number of social programs that, that our government supports to benefit children. 
And many who don't even believe in Jesus will advocate for children because of the impact of Jesus. In this congregation, as in congregations all over, but in this congregation, we love children. And God has used us in a lot of ways to be a conduit of blessing to children. God's blessed us that Greg served as our children's minister for 25 years and built a really great ministry. And Diane is carrying that on so well. And thank you to every single person in here who has and who does and who will impact children by teaching on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights and, and by volunteering in Kid Zone and preschool station. Thank you for the ways that you're involved in our ministry at Southern Hills. And you always rise to the occasion, even this week, with a last-minute request from a family who, I don't know all the details, but I know a little bit, and there was a major crisis that occurred in this family with some news that they received. And suddenly there was a need, and Southern Hills let Elmer and Linda know about it, and Elmer and Linda let you know, in just a matter of days, 27 gifts were gathered and presented to that family. God's used you in that way and in so many ways. Many of you are over there at that school every week. Your presence in those halls and with those kids as you read to learn. And Nikki organizes that for us and we're thankful for that. For decades, Leadership Training for Christ was a key ministry in our church. Training our children in how to serve and how to lead and how to have an impact. And there's some families who've gathered and that is going to get started here again in the new year. Uh, My kids who have the forgotten initiative and work with work with foster families. They've said that basically 10th and Broad is financially carrying that ministry. Every single time there is a need posted on the news line, it's, it's a competition to see who can meet it first. And they never ask this, but many of you have just become monthly sponsors of their ministry. And therefore, they don't even have to post the needs all the time. They're able just to help And provide for families who have new children coming into their homes. And that's the way that you impact children. Because Jesus impacted children. And Jesus impacted children like no one who has ever lived. But. And this is where the preacher comes out in me. I need to caution you for a minute. Remember as we said last week. When we separate the virtue. From the virtue giver, we get it wrong. We always do when we separate the virtue from the virtue giver. And the virtue as passed down by Jesus is that children are important. And to be cherished, to be nurtured, to be protected. Not abandoned, not harmed. The virtue is that the way we treat children reflects the way we treat Jesus. And children are important, but their importance is not equal to that of Jesus. And here's what I mean by that. Because in some ways, we have moved so far with this virtue that children have become the center of our homes. And the center of our lives and our families. And folks, they don't belong there. Jesus belongs there. We aren't called to be child-centered in our parenting. We're called to be Christ-centered 
in our parenting. And children are to be treasured, but they're never to be worshipped. There's only one son who is to be worshipped. And his name is Jesus. And instead of orienting our entire lives around our children, we need to be teaching our children to always orient their lives around Jesus. And really, we do a huge disservice to our children when we make them the center of things. Because if you set your kids up as the center of the world, they're going to be in for a really hard fall at some point. Because no one can handle being the center of attention. We're not created for it. We don't handle it well. No one can maintain the center of attention except for Jesus. A friend who preaches tells this story about his five-year-old that illustrates this point. It was Christmas Eve. Their family was gathered. The room was full of people and full of presents. And their five-year-old just had more presents in front of him than he could even, you know, just know what to do with. I mean, he was just opening present after present after present. And then all of a sudden, he finished and he just erupted in tears and he was crying and sobbing uncontrollably and the whole room stopped and finally his parents they couldn't get him to calm down and so they took him into a bedroom and were asking him what is wrong what what is wrong why are you crying like this and in sobs and gasp he said i don't know i got everything i ever wanted and i'm still not happy do you hear the wisdom of a little child Jesus is the only one who can satisfy. He's the only one who can handle being the center of the world. And teach your child that lesson early. So they don't have to learn it the hard way later. So make this season. About the most important person. The savior of the world. The one who died. For our children. And for us. And because of him. I want to lift our children up this morning. Not just our little children. Our grown children. I'm learning that. You don't ever quit lifting them up do you? God loves children of all ages. So would you pray with me? Would you think about your children, your grandchildren? And would you lift them up to Jesus? To our Father? Thank you for the blessing of the children in our lives. And I thank you that we live in a world that you have impacted so much and that really does cherish children. That nurtures them and wants and brings out the very best for them. So that they could be everything that you've created them to be. I thank you. Father for our children. For the ones you've blessed us with. For our grandchildren. And I pray. Father. That they would honor you. All the days of their life. 
I pray that they would orient their lives around you and experience what real and true joy and satisfaction and life is all about. I pray, Lord, that you would protect our children and that you would see them through disappointments and heartaches and hurts and pains. And I know that you won't shelter them from every bad thing that would ever happen, but I do trust that you would use those things in their lives to keep them connected to you and turning back to you. Pray that you would help us to raise children who would raise their own children to love you and to follow you, to be disciples of your son, Jesus. Pray that you would fill our church with children. I pray that you would bless us as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers and helpers, that you would bless us, Lord, to follow your words and to love the little children, to constantly point them back to you. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I also want to say this morning that it doesn't matter how old you are, You're always a child of God. And he is your father. He created you. He loves you. He cherishes you. He works in your life. And he will adopt you into his family through your faith in Jesus Christ. Through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. He He will wash away your sins. He will give you life and he will bring you into his family. I think Marty is going to lead us in a prayer in just a few minutes and then he'll be available over here by these doors to my right. But if there's any of you who want to know more about being a part of God's family, being his child, please don't hesitate to connect with me or to connect with Marty and let us tell you more about that.